Grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Christmas Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Dear sisters and brothers in Christ, does it ever seem to you that Christmas comes just a little bit too soon, a little bit too early? Maybe you don't have all the cookies baked, the cards sent, the decorations up. Maybe, maybe you don't even have the tree up, or if it's up, it's not all decorated. And maybe there's a to-do list that you're only partway through, and you think, oh man, Christmas just came a little bit too soon this year. But God tells us in his word tonight, as we consider the words of the Apostle Paul in Galatians 4, that Christmas came at just the right time. And that's what we're going to think about based on these words of Paul. Now, December 25th is the date on which we celebrate Christmas. But to be honest, we don't really know what day Jesus was born. I think I've read somewhere that every month of the year, at some time or another, Christians have celebrated the birth of Jesus. And it was during the 4th century that Christians uh, settled on December, and eventually December 25th. But what really was the, the date of Jesus' birth, we don't know. But in God's way of looking at things, when Jesus was born, it was just the right time. All the prophecies that God wanted to, to give through the Old Testament were all given. All the elements that were important to God when it came to fulfilling those prophecies were in place. There was the famous Pax Romana, the Peace of Rome, where uh, there was government established throughout the Roman Empire so that there was a, a, a relative uh, sense of security and peace. There was a good road system for communication purposes. And there was a common language that was used throughout the empire. It was the common Greek language, kind of like the English of today and the world in which we live. And so in God's way of looking at things, things were just right for the Savior to come. And not only that, if you read this whole fourth chapter of Paul's letter to the Galatians, he makes the point, and he alludes to it here, that Christmas came just at the right time because God had determined that the Old Testament times were to come to an end. And, and he compares the Old Testament times really to childhood. You know, when it comes to our children, uh, we love them, but, you know, if you're a child, there's always somebody telling you, you know, uh, when you're going to eat, what you're going to eat, uh, when you're going to go to bed, um, what you're going to do, when and how. Uh, maybe if you have some money, you don't have the freedom to just spend it however you want. There's, there's discipline, there's correction, and, you know, your life is pretty much controlled. And when it came to God and his Old Testament people, that's the way it was. God had all these these rules and regulations and ceremonies. There was the, uh, the, the, the moral law, of course, the Ten Commandments, but then there were the ceremonies with the sacrifices and all the cleanness laws, and there were the civil laws. If, if my bull gores you, it said specifically that, you know, I had to, you know, pay you so much, and, you know, if it was uh, just a, uh, an intentional thing, I might even be put to death. So God had all of these civil laws and everything, and he was controlling his people because he wanted them to realize their need for him as they looked at themselves and they saw their sinfulness. But he also wanted to keep them separate 
from all of the people around them because they were, they were pagan people. And this would be the nation through whom God would give his word to the world. This would be the nation through whom the Savior would come. But now God decided it's time to take my church out of childhood and let it grow up and become an adult. I want to give it freedom. I want the message of the gospel to spread. In order to do so, we've got to change some things. And so with the coming of Christ and with his life, his death, his resurrection, there was a change from the Old Testament system to the New Testament system. In all of those ceremonies and those, those things that governed a life, not the moral law. The moral law still stood because God wanted that to, to show people their sinfulness, to curb the sinful nature, and to guide us in our Christian living as we're moved by the Holy Spirit to, to love God because of his love for us. But now it was time for all those ceremonies and things to go away. And the sacrificial system. And that was interesting because in among all these laws, there was this, uh, this symbolic system of sacrifices and, and days like the Sabbath day and so on that would point to the forgiveness of sins that would come through Christ and the rest that would come you know, as a result of the forgiveness of sins and the promise of everlasting life. But now God decided these are going to go away. And so now we're told in Paul's letter to the Colossians, don't let anyone judge you as to what you eat or drink. Because remember, part of the Old Testament system had dietary laws, and there were clean animals, and there were unclean animals. And you couldn't, for example, eat bacon and pork chops and things like that, that we say, wow, you know, those are staples for us on the celestial plains of Minnesota. And so God is saying, don't let anybody judge you about your dietary laws or in respect to a religious festival, or a new moon holiday, or a Sabbath day that God had laid out in the Old Testament. He said, these are a shadow of the things to come, but the reality is found in Christ. And so he said, all of these things were intended to point you to the Savior who is to come, but now he has come. You're not bound by these things. Now you may be sitting here and thinking, okay, you know, so what, what does this mean to me? Do you realize that if we were still under that Old Testament system, there'd be a whole bunch of us that would have to stay at home? If we came in contact, for example, with anyone who was dead or anything dead, we'd be unclean. I did a funeral Thursday, so one of you would have to be up here preaching, okay? Uh, if a woman had a baby, she was unclean for a certain period of time. If it was her time of month, she was unclean. If a couple had sex in the last few days, they would be unclean. There were just all kinds of these, these rules. Uh, every man would have to be circumcised. And, and every year, three times a year, all the males in our congregation would have to journey to Jerusalem for Passover, for Pentecost, and for the Feast of Tabernacles. Now, wouldn't that cost something and be a bit inconvenient, right? And just think of how, how God gives us the great commission, go and make disciples of all peoples, and yet if God still had all of these Old Testament rules, how, how difficult would it be for us to go out and, and to go in contact with all kinds of people who weren't our kind and of our culture and things like that? And so God says, it's time. It's time for the Savior to come. It's time for my church to grow up. 
it's time for me to give them the freedom that they need to go out and be my gospel messengers and ambassadors. And so Christ came. Christ came to be born under the law to fulfill that law. To, to, to do away with all the ceremonies and that whole system of the Old Testament. But also to take that, requir that requirement of the law, be holy for I the Lord your God am holy and you and I are not holy in and of ourselves. We were born with sin and every day we sin in our thoughts, our words, our deeds more than we realize. And so we needed a Savior who would come who would be absolutely holy for us. We heard on... on Wednesday in the beautiful gospel message that in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. That Savior who came to deliver us from the Old Testament system and free us from that is also that Savior who came to fulfill all the requirements of the law, true God and therefore holy, without sin. But he also had to deliver us from the curse of sin because in the letter to the Galatians, Paul says, Cursed is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. And just a few verses later, he says, Well, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hung on the tree on the cross. And so it was on that cross that Jesus carried our sins so that he could free us. Free us to become children of God. Now Paul talks about adoption in a sense, so that we might receive the adoption to sonship. I think you're very much aware of the fact that adoption these days is not an easy process and it's very costly. Uh, just checked uh, the other day, $40,000 on the average for a, uh, a, a national um, adoption here in the United States. And while it may cost less to do an international in terms of all the fees and the processes and things like that, by the time you do your travel and you grease some palms and you pay this and you pay that and so on, it's a very, very expensive thing and requires a lot of steps. Well, for God to adopt us was very costly, too. The blood of his own son, the death of his own son, the baby who's in the manger of Bethlehem is the body that's hanging on the cross, God and man, carrying our guilt, carrying our sins, so that Christ might give us the right to become children of God. And through that message of Christ, who lived, died, and rose again, the Holy Spirit has given us the power. As he has worked in us through the gospel and taken us from death to life and brought us into the family of God, and he has now given us sonship. Now, you might wonder, did Paul the Apostle have a little problem with uh, uh, gender recognition? Because he talks a lot about sons and sonship here. But it's very intentional what he talks about because you have to remember, he was writing in a day and an age where women in many cases were looked down upon and devalued. And you know perhaps from the Old Testament there was a practice called the, um, uh, 
it was, a, it was a practice where, for example, if a father died and there were sons in the family, the eldest son would become the leader of the, the family. He would get a double portion of the inheritance, and if he had brothers, they would get a single portion. And if he had sisters, well, they got to live there and be a part of the family until they got married, and that was it. The only way that daughters would get inheritance was if there were no sons. And so you could see things were stacked against daughters. And where all of a sudden Paul comes along and he's saying to the women in the congregation, you are going to have the rights of sons. This was pretty revolutionary. You're going to be considered to be equal. And that's why the Apostle Paul talks about, you know, when it comes to God, there is neither slave nor free, male nor female, and, and so on and so forth, when it comes to having the love of God and having the blessings of God, the forgiveness of sins. And he goes on and he talks about what are those rights so that we have the rights. And one of the things he points to is that we can call God Abba, our Father. How often do you pray? I hope it's a lot. Prayer is a wonderful gift of God that he gives us by which we can go to him and we can thank him for the blessings he has given to us in life, by which we can acknowledge our sinfulness and ask him to forgive us, by which we can pray for other people and pray for ourselves and, and offer ourselves up to God. And prayer is just one of those beautiful ways that we can express our faith and our praise and give God glory in life. What a blessing it is. And this is one of the blessings of being children of God. And that is what we are. You are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus, Paul says in Galatians 3.26. But he also says if we're children, then we're also heirs. And the inheritance that God has waiting for us is the inheritance of eternal life. The promise of being with God in glory, of seeing him as he is, of being freed from all of the effects of sin, of being together with all the family of God, people that have lived you know, hundreds and thousands of years before us, people with whom we grew up, people with whom we played, our parents, our grandparents, people who died with faith and whose souls are now in glory with God, but on the last day whose souls will be raised and glorified and taken into God's heavenly home, the new heaven, the new earth, the home of righteousness. And that's where we will be. All because Christmas came at just the right time. And the peace of God that passes understanding will guard your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus to life everlasting.